0: Welcome to another episode of Books, Kids, and Creations, a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I am your host, Tracy Bloom, and I am here today with Shauna Walsh. Shauna is a uh, children's theater teacher and director who lives in a little house called Dandelion Burrow in the wilds of Western Massachusetts, which sounds adorable and magical, Um, Mm -hmm. You are also a teacher, a longtime teacher of about 20 years, elementary Mm -hmm. school, and you also um, run a camp and teach children how to make musicals. Uh, What a wonderful person you are. Thank you for being here. Thank you. That was the nicest thing I've heard all week. (laughs) (laughs) We all need nice things. We all need nice things. So, uh, Shana, thank you for being here. And um, I really want to talk a lot about who you are as a person and as a writer. So why don't you start off by talking about how you got into writing, um, and then we can move on to some other important topics like your new book and the work that you do. All
1: right. Well, um, before I was a writer, I was a reader. So I was an absolutely voracious reader as a child. I was the kind of kid whose mom had to take her to the library every Saturday growing up. Um, She would let me take out as many books as I could carry, but that was it. And usually by the time we got home, which was maybe a 10 minute drive, I'd already read one of the books. (laughs) Um, I always kind of knew that I wanted to be a writer, but I was nearly deterred in my passion for writing because in fourth grade, we got our very first creative writing assignment and I got a C on oh. it. <laughs> I think I had written some kind of like child horror story about kids doing battle with monsters in the woods. And maybe my teacher didn't like the subject matter, um, but luckily I did not give up. <laughs> and so I just kept on writing. That's that's awesome. I know um, actually from doing like some school
0: visits, a lot of kids are really into um, like those sort of topics. And I'm always like, huh, like that's not my thing, but there's mm-hmm. a ton of kids that are really into that, like scary stories, spooky stories, and haunted forests. So,
1: absolutely. So, I have material for the spooky little kids.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I thoroughly enjoyed your new book, Maisie and the Clutie Tree. And I went, what's a Clutie Tree? um And so, there's a lot of mythology in the story, there's a lot of, um, Scottish
1: heritage in there. So are you Scottish? Actually, I'm mostly of Irish heritage. I have like this much Scottish heritage. And I think it's from Northern Ireland. I did a DNA test. That's the only reason I know. Um, But I did actually go and live in Scotland for two years after college. Um, So that's how I got really acquainted with Scottish culture. And I've read a lot of fantasy and mythology and history. Um, And so for my book, what I did was I just I researched things that I had heard of just to make sure I got them right.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been just every year we try to plan a trip to Scotland and because of COVID it's just been kind of thwarted. So um, I think I've looked up so many places in Scotland. So when I read your story, I was like, oh, this is so wonderful. I mean, I, I was wondering if you had been there. So obviously mm-hmm. you have. And uh, so I'm assuming that a lot of those places probably inspired and a lot of things that you've encountered probably inspired this story. Absolutely. And beautiful place. Yeah, it looks like it. One day, one day I'll go. (laughs) Um, So another piece of your book that um, really kind of tugged at the heartstrings, especially for me, because my mother passed away from breast cancer. Um, the, one of the main characters in the story is sick with cancer, the mother. And so what, what was the inspiration for that piece of the book? Did you know somebody
1: who had cancer or passed from cancer? I did. So while I was growing up two of my mother's sisters, my mother's one of seven kids. Um, they both actually got breast cancer at the age of 40, both at the same time, like, and they're only two years apart. So it was like, yeah. Um, and so I actually watched them both go through the process of chemotherapy and losing their hair. And I remember being a kid and we used to put their wigs on and run around the house, you know. we <laughs> yeah. were kids. Yeah. And we were so very, very lucky that they both survived. Um, but as an adult, um actually, my own mother, she she passed of CP, um CPD. Hmm. And um, it's chronic pulmonary, what have you. I wish yeah, I had yeah. the whole name of it. And she, um, it was a very long illness and it was very upsetting to watch. And at, right after my mother passed, I lost a student of mine to cancer. And so that was really what made me finish the story that I had kind of been writing to deal with my own grief. Yes. Um, I looked at my daughter who at the time, she's 13 now, this was probably, you know, five years ago. And I was like, how is my daughter dealing with all this? Like, how is she looking at my mom? And what's her understanding of what's happening? And so I thought, you know, there needs to be more books on grief. Yes. For kids and how you can use your grief and channel it into sort of creativity. Yeah. Um, that was one of the most
0: beautiful pieces of the book that I mean, you you look at, I'm like getting teary thinking about it. <laughs> like, oh, I'm gonna cry if you cry. <laughs> no crying. Um, but all the, you know, all the emotions that your character goes through to show that love and to show the mother um just how much she's like what like believing and hoping and picking up on that magic and tying into the folklore and all that, and I went, I wish I did that for
1: my mom. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know what, me too. <laughs> but you're you're in survival mode when yeah. your mother is sick. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're sitting around going, what creative project could I do with my mother today to show her that I love her? Yeah,
0: yeah. No, so
1: you do what you can.
0: Yeah. And the illustrations of your book were
1: so stunning. And what was it like to work with your illustrator on those? I was so lucky. So my illustrator's family is actually from Wales. And so Wales has a lot of common mythology um, with Scotland and with Ireland. And so this was something she was really familiar with. Um, She was already a working artist and I'd seen a lot of her stuff online and it's full of fairies and fantastical creatures. And I was like, this is the person that I want to work with. Yeah. And so my publisher contacted her, and luckily she said yes. Um, And I actually had kind of unheard of access to her. Um, Sometimes publishers don't foster any communication between the author and the publisher, but she and I talked a lot, which was great.
0: Yeah, it just, it felt like you guys were like one with each other, with the words, and even one of the illustrations was of the silky Character, yes, and it was like yeah. the transition of what that that it was, I don't know like it was just so magical and so beautiful how she created those images that went right
1: with your 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 story it was so pretty. Her work is beautiful. So if you look her up online, it's it's gorgeous. She has a lot of paintings for sale. I don't know, <laughs> just promote yeah. her work, but yeah, it, it's gorgeous. And her name is Megan Day
0: Affen Walker. Yes. Okay. I <laughs> think it at all to written down before, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, her work was was stunning, and the book is stunning too. Um, yeah. And then you have another book coming
1: out. um What is that? Is that kind of in the same vein, or is this completely different? This new it's, book? It's totally different. It's also based on my family. You know, Anne of Green Gables. I don't know if you're an Anne fan. Oh yeah. But she always talked about writing what you know in the story. It, yeah. Um, And so that's what I've done. Um, So when I was a little girl, my grandmother took me and my cousin into a room and she pulled out this little jewelry box and she opened it up. And inside was uh, a saint's medallion, you know, just a little, it might have been the Virgin Mary. I just remember looking at it um, and being like, oh, and she was like, this was on the Titanic. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) cool. (laughs) And so my grandmother, who was not like a fanciful sort of person, she was very much, you know, this. she wasn't um doing plays or <laughs> writing books. Yeah. Um, she tells me this story that um a man before he set sail on so the Titanic um gave this to his daughter. And I was like, oh, that's that's so nice. But she actually got the story a little bit mixed up. And what really happened was that this woman that um my family knew, she was a nun, had taken a shine to my mom's sister. And given her this medallion, which she had worn on the Titanic herself, because she was a Titanic survivor. And before she left Ireland, her father had taken this chain off his neck and given it to his daughter, tied a knot in the chain and said, when I see you again, I'm going to untie the knot. Wow. And she never saw her father again. And the knot was in the chain. And she came to America. Um, She had lost friends on the Titanic. And so maybe in her grief, or maybe she had some sort of calling, she became a nun, got to know my family, and that's how I know her story. And so what? it's all about her. Wow, that's that's really
0: cool. So um, is it going to be a picture book, or is it more like a chat? Okay, picture book, okay.
1: It's a picture Oops. book, and Megan did the illustrations for this one, too. And they're beautiful. Um, everything's sort of in blues and purples. I cannot wait to see it. Oh,
0: cool. Yeah, there's nothing like seeing your story brought to life with illustrations like it's like Christmas morning when you get the copies of the even the black and
1: white sketches and you go oh look at Mm -hmm. it look at it you know it's like it's so exciting I was definitely showing people at work (laughs) I didn't know if I was supposed to keep it secret but I was
0: like (laughs) I do that too I'm like "Mm, maybe I'll show a few people (laughs) yeah And so um, let's see. So you also do a lot of work with children in your day job as a teacher, but you also do a lot of work with children in theater. So how did you get into children's theater?
1: And right. well, was that like? When I was young, um, I started doing dance, you know, starting when I was like two, right? Um, and then I transitioned into doing musical theater myself. And actually, when I was in college, I studied opera. Um, And I decided that I'm not a very competitive person. I really want everybody to sort of make it. Um, So I decided when I was in college, what I wanted to do was work with kids and sort of build up their self-esteem. So now as an adult, um, I work in a lot of different arts programs, but I have a program where I have um, this year 45 because of COVID in past years, like 60 kids. and I teach kids to write their own musicals. Wow. Um, we're doing one right now based on the legend of the Baba Yaga, which is from Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids write the plot. Like first we read a whole bunch of children's books to get them um, well-researched. Um, we write the plot. Uh, we sit down with local musicians and the kids help up write lyrics and write their own music. Like they, we have little recorders and the kids sing melodies into the recorders and then we take them and we put them all together. Um, and then the musicians come and they play for the show, which is really exciting to the mm-hmm. kids to have like local rock stars playing their right. music. Um, and then, so that's wonderful. And in the summer I'm part of a program called Shiprock and anchor dog, which is a very interesting name. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the story about these two dogs who travel the world and the universe. And they teach people about things like sustainable farming, um, empathy inclusion like all the good things right and we put on this rock opera every summer with kids uh where they sing about these two dogs and all the lessons that they impart that sounds like the best thing on earth (laughs) it really is amazing if you listen to the music it's shiprockandanchordog.com It's beautiful. The man who runs it, he's like the next Mr. Rogers. I'm absolutely convinced. Like he's the world's nicest person. And all he wants to do is make music with kids.
0: Oh, that sounds incredible. And I'm sure that through your work and through his work, you guys are really changing the lives of so many children. I mean, probably inspiring them to get more involved in theater and get more involved in music and really find what speaks to them. Um, I really hope so. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, it's it's funny for kids nowadays how they have so much technology and so much things that are different. And so I think it's a little bit challenging for them to find that spark of creativity because it's not really in their present lives as much as I think it was for probably us growing up. I mean... I was in nature a lot. I was always writing. I was always like, you know, immersed in things that could inspire. So Mm -hmm. that's so cool that you're doing that. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And so for the, um, for that, when does that come out? Like, is it like an annual thing that they do or is it?
1: Shiprock? Yeah. It is every summer. I've been doing it for 10 years now. Wow. Okay, cool. Well, I'll post a link
0: in the video here so people can check it out too. Okay. Yes. And um, aside from, you know, your new books coming out, all of the work you're doing in theater, is there anything else on the horizon for you that you'd like to talk about?
1: Um, goodness, but I'm working on my first adult novel. I don't want to give any like major details yet because yeah. this is a stretch for me, Yes. Um, but I'm on page 165. I was really excited. <laughs> I started doing it during November for the Nano Remo yeah, challenge. Yeah. Um, also, let's see what else is going on. I actually help run Renaissance fairs. Yes. Um, and so we've started a new one. It's going to be a nonprofit Renaissance fair that's going to be happening in New England. Really excited cool. about that, and that should be happening this September. That's Ooh. amazing. My, so my husband is a blacksmith
0: what yes. oh my gosh yes ah! so we know a, a whole like network of blacksmiths so mm-hmm. um if you ever need any blacksmiths
1: for your renaissance fair I think we know uh, I totally will yeah <laughs> that's awesome I love finding random rennies it just makes yes. me so happy <laughs> yeah
0: yeah the renaissance festivals look really cool and I bet that you probably can sell a lot of your books there too
1: yeah I do actually have uh, at a renter in October I have my first author signing so Yay. pretty excited about that exciting
0: and that's really cool that you're also kind of venturing out into novels because that's a big step I mean um I did that my first adult novel um last year but it was completely outside my wheelhouse it was something that I was like I don't think I can do this it's mm-hmm. territory I don't write this way I don't write scary stuff but like it was it was really challenging and I worked with um somebody called a a teaching editor so it was oh. she's she herself is a best selling USA Today best-selling author but she edits as well and so she taught me how to write in this genre and it was awesome. crazy yeah it was crazy like I was like I feel like I had a mentor for like a year helping me write this thing, but it was it was something to be proud of. So yay for you for going you. into novels! That's so exciting.
1: You should pass me her name. I, <laughs> I will. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll send you an email. Thank you. Yeah, well, it has been such a pleasure having you here today, and I look forward to seeing all that you do. And thank you so much for being a part of the Office on the Air. Global Radio Network.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Bye.